Hello, welcome to Derp's Talk About Food. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about sandwiches. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? On this podcast, we talk about food. And yes, I know, it has been over 300 episodes, right? We have done multiple insanely long episodes on incredibly esoteric food, right? And we have yet to actually cover probably the most basic food that, like, we could think of in existence, right? Like sandwiches. But we have finally acquiesced before our legions of fans. Today's episode is going to be sandwiches. Uh, so, I don't know. I guess we I guess we gotta get started. All right, I'm, I'm gonna start us <clears throat> off with uh, a sandwich hot take. Um, okay. Which is, so, recently... I was in uh, New Orleans doing research for the show, of course, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, something that I have had previously there and something I had this time was a sandwich known as a po' boy, and okay. my head take is I think po' boys are vastly overrated. Um, they're basically like <laughs> a, a, a worse sub-sandwich, um, and I think part of it is that, like, I think I always expected them to have more identity than they do. But, like, I've had some good po' boys. Like, uh, I recommend, I think it's called Killer Po' Boys. Um, it's in the French Quarter. Um, but it's just kind of like a sandwich, right? Like, there's nothing about the ingredients that makes it particularly a po' boy except being on this, like, soft roll, which reminds me of, like, a uni mini roll, um, of all things, right? And, like, that seems mm. to be the unifying factor. And I don't think the roll's particularly good, right? Like, I think it's worse than your standard hoagie roll. Um, the only thing I will say is that the, the kind of – Unique ones that, that show up a lot in, in New Orleans are uh, um, are the it's like a shrimp po' boy like a fried shrimp po' boy and um, there's like this roast beef po' boy that's they call it served debris style which is like I guess it's cooked so long that it kind of falls apart and they slop it on the sandwich and that's tasty but I also think it's like a little like in general the the debris sandwiches I've had have been. Um, a little bit over salty and maybe even a little bit over umami and it's like very much lacking uh, what I would like a vinegar element, right? Like whereas on like a standard Italian hoagie, you get like the oil and vinegar and that, that vinegar gives you a little bit of that acidic bite or like maybe the tomato, right? Just to like, just, just a little bit of an offset for the richness from the rest of the sandwich. The, the debris mm. style po' boy doesn't generally have that. I, think, I also think sometimes you get it with mustard, right? Because a lot of the times you, you get these kind of uh, like these spicy mustards in there that also have that kind of, uh, that ha- add that <clears throat> like bite to it. I think, I think specifically about <clears throat> the way that certain grilled chicken po' boys will we ha- we'll have that really spicy mustard in there to uh to make it to like make it happen does that make sense uh yes yeah yes uh yes it yeah, yes it does um but um like i said my, my biggest complaint is that i think the bread's bad and i think the bread's one of the most important parts of a sandwich right like i if i'm gonna have like that long style sandwich i want like something with a little bit more bite to it i like mine on like the the italian style right like a little bit harder mm-hmm. maybe even a little crusty um but like i you know and like you know, I'll take the soft thing when I can get it, but it's like not a thing. It's like one of those things that like, you know, check off on your list of things to eat in New Orleans. Um, yeah, I, you know, I got to say, that's really interesting. To me, the thing that makes a po' boy a po' boy is entirely the ingredients, right? Like it is entirely about putting, you know, like for instance, a shrimp po' boy being the, the iconic, let's say that's the archetypal po' boy, right? It is that it is shrimp, right? It is it is less that it is br- like the, that there is bread. So I think... I kind of agree with you that I think the bread sucks, but to me that's a secondary quality, right? The the real thing that I want when I'm ordering a po' boy is I want an interesting, off the beaten trail sort of core, 
you know, whatever, whatever the, the thing is going to be. A lot of the time it's shrimp. Sometimes it's, you know, the ones that I always like are, uh, you know, you get like chicken tenders, right? Or, or, or fried chicken in there just because that, that is a very cool thing, but it is not incredibly common in any other version of this kind of a sandwich. So even though I sort of think I agree with the underlying principle, to me, it doesn't matter nearly as much because it's so secondary to what I think of as the core attraction of getting a po'boy. Does it make sense? It, it, interesting. You know, yeah. I, I got a question because, you know, in, in the back half of some of our episodes, you've talked about your love for uh, our alma mater, uh, the uh, the Charles Street Market used to serve the sandwich yep. called the Chicken Bacon Ranch. Um, uh, no, uh, the Southwest Chicken. Southwest yes, Chicken. Yes, I have – I mean, long-time listeners will know that my quest to find a substitute for the Southwest Chicken Sandwich is like – I mean, I spent years obsessing over this because I just could never find a version of it in Los Angeles that, that, that ever worked out for me. And obviously, uh, I want to say it was maybe – episode 228 so two years ago i finally did find a version of the southwest chicken sandwich at another sandwich shop that that is to my liking yes so that is the context for everyone who is just tuning in for the first time in in a while um but so question there do you would you call have called that sandwich a po boy so the funny thing is I probably would not have at the time, but I think that that was a matter of, of kind of context. And I would say the Turtle Street Market and oddly enough, the place that I get it now, which is, uh, which is a small, uh, like a mid-level sort of chain. Um, I think, I think it's in only in California, but it might go out before, you know, there is, um, is like, it's called Ike's, Ike's Sandwiches. They're all over, uh, LA. And I think they're also in the Bay Area, but I don't think that they're outside of California. Both of those spots, I would call it absolutely just a sandwich. It's not a po' boy, right? But any other time I have ever gotten close to the Southwest Chicken, it has been specifically in at a restaurant that advertises po' boys, right? So, for instance, there actually was one about a mile from my house um, called Orleans in York, which was a kind of combination of New Orleans-style po' boys and uh, New York-style subs. And when I got... The, the chicken tender po, bo po' boy at Orleans in York, that was pretty close. And I think for most of my attempts to find the Southwest chicken, even though they did not quite get there, I was using po' boys as the substitute. Even though, funnily enough, both times that I said I have achieved the dream of the Southwest chicken, it was not on a, uh, on a menu for po' boys. It was on a menu for submarine sandwiches. Okay, so... That's interesting, and I, I take your point. The, the the only pushback I'd give you is mm -hmm. I don't I don't so I don't think those things are particularly unique to po' boys. I want to give you an example. Like I said, this place killer po' boys. It's I'm gonna give it a, a shout out. It's uh, uh, what is it? It is two nineteen Dauphine in the French Quarter. Um, okay. The po' boy I had there. It's called the chorizo. It's homemade chorizo with chili lime aioli pumpkin seed hummus, pickled red cabbage, fresh jalapenos, and queso duro, which was a great sandwich, but there's no reason, like, that was, like, there's nothing that made that sandwich particularly po' boy to me besides the roll it was served on. That was the only commonality I could, fi I could find. Um, yeah, that's fair, uh, because you, you can find that. Honestly, that's a sandwich that I, I feel like I could find in a deli in New York. Yeah. Word for word, right? Completely fine. So I do think that that's fair. I, it, it, it makes me think about bagels, right? So, for instance... <sighs> 
we would we would call a breakfast sandwich, right? Like th there there is a genre of food that is breakfast sandwiches, right? But they are almost always consistent for their contents. It's almost always some version of, you know, ham, bacon, and then like egg and cheese, right? Like a bacon, egg and cheese, a ham, egg and cheese, right? I would say hey, Taylor ham, egg and yeah. cheese, obviously. Yeah, you know, another, we've done an episode on Taylor ham and cheese, or Taylor ham. The Taylor ham, egg and cheese would be my prefer preferred version, right? But these are essentially three or four variations on a very straightforward concept, right? It is eggs, it is cheese, it is, uh, you know, some form of deli meat, yeah, essentially, meat, right? Yeah. That that is that is the core contents. But but eating a Taylor ham, egg and cheese on a bagel versus eating it on, you know, a, uh, hard a roll, roll versus the yeah, hard roll is the classic, eating right? It on, a an english muffin versus eating it on a croissant right like all of those would be very very different because of the sandwich so i do think that there is something to the the assertion um that it is sandwich that it is bread related maybe maybe it's sort of both in in some kind of singularity if that makes sense almost like a venn diagram right which yep. is that you either have a po'boy shop or a submarine sandwich shop let's say right and there are certain tendencies towards different like meats as a part of that. For instance, I can't really think of too many po' boys that that I would have had that would have like Genoa salami kinds right. of meats there, right? There's not a lot of that kind of deli meat, right? In the same way that I don't think that there are all that many sandwich shops that are go or like submarine sandwich shops that are going to offer me shrimp or you know, chicken tenders or whatever as, so, as a core content. I will say the exception there is that chicken parm. Like they're like chicken parm is like chicken parm stuff is very popular. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. That is sort of what a chicken parm is. But you know, shrimp is really the core yeah, yeah. one, right? Like that's shrimp, why and, I think and, that is the archetypal po' boy. And, and the debris, like the 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 roast beef debris. That's yeah. like a very that is very specific Noah thing, right? So yes, I will agree with you. Yeah, I've never seen debris anywhere else, even though I've gone to a million of these different po' boy places all over Southern California, right? Um, which is which is interesting. Um, but so I, and then I think that there's this sort of Venn diagram of shared stuff in the middle. Mostly, you know, it's like sausages, right? Because a lot of po' boys are featuring sausages, it feels like. Um, and then there's a lot of, you know, especially hot Italian subs, right? Are going to have, uh, sausages of different varieties in yeah. there kind of as like the, as like the core meat. And I feel like those are the shared elements between, between the two of them. And so sometimes a po' boy is differentiated by its, uh, uh, by its content of, tr like shrimp, right? Right, right. You know, barbecue shrimp, fried shrimp, whatever. Sometimes a po' boy is differentiated by its breading and that, or by its bread, and that is determined by its place inside of this Venn diagram that I'm sort of setting up. Does that make sense? Is yeah. That, is that maybe the taxonomy? Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny because we agree that, uh, like a po'boy is a certain kind of sandwich, but I feel like a lot of these conversations about sandwiches tend to go bigger than that, right? Like it is always a question of is such and such a sandwich because it fulfills some kind of uh, uh, you know str strange definition, right, of what it means to be a sandwich, right? Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Is like a classic one? Is a taco a sandwich, mm. for instance? Yeah, is is a uh... What's it like, you know, and then you get like absurd versions like is a, I don't know, like a GameCube, a sandwich, right? Because the disc <laughs> is in between the top and the bottom, right? Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like there is a narrow definition of sandwich that defines bread, and then there is a a wider definition of sandwich that sort of defines uh, shape. If so, that makes so, sense. So let's let's get in. So like, huh? It, it's interesting because like, I think that like hot hot dogs have this kind of weird status because they are kind of like a separate. Like I think on kind of like objective you know, brain empty kind of like approaching the world from a naive view. Hot dog doesn't seem too objectionable as a sandwich, right? Like, but to me, it kind of like, it's got this kind of its own unique identity that wants to be separate from sandwich, right? Mm. Um, but I think it would be less controversial, like formalized than something like say a wrap um, or like, especially like, so like a, a like a tortilla wrap versus like a lettuce wrap. Do you have opinions on whether those are sandwiches or not? Yeah, I think that, that that's where things get complicated. Uh, as right? as Araje says in the chat, is a quesadilla a sandwich? Yeah, because what happens when you say a wrap is a sandwich, right? When you agree that a wrap is a sandwich, people immediately jump to quesadilla and burrito. They go, is a burrito a sandwich? And and the default answer for most people would be no, of course not. A burrito isn't a sandwich, mm. right? But if you forgive the wrap, you kind of invite the comparison to quesadilla and burrito, right? Um, and the lettuce wrap makes it entirely right up in the air. So, for instance, a version of this argument that I've seen is a hamburger is a sandwich. Okay. Uh, a lettuce wrap hamburger is also a valid hamburger. Therefore, a lettuce wrap sandwich is also a valid sandwich, right? A lettuce wrap hamburger is where you have two, two things of lettuce rather than buns. Right. Um, it's very common. You get it. I mean, even at like Carl's Jr., if you go to Carl's Jr. and say, hey, I'd like to get lettuce wrap for my for my, you know, whatever it is. Right. My my Angus beef six pounder or whatever they they will they will make that for you. Right. And so, so it's this kind of process of like the transitive property of certain ingredients. Well, if we agree that a hamburger is a subsection of sandwich and w this version of a hamburger exists, does that version of a hamburger kick back up to the definition of sandwich and go, you can have a sandwich that doesn't include any bread whatsoever? Yeah, no, that's, huh. That, that's, I think, a good point. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, this is like the kind of taxonomy of language. That's actually pretty interesting. Um, in the chat, Rahe points out or says, if I told you, do you want a sandwich and I handed you a hot dog, how would you feel? This is super interesting because I have heard this exact same comparison made, but as like an explainer about like how the law works, right? Like if you, <laughs> if, if you tell someone to go out and get you a sandwich and they come back with a wrap, you're probably going to be like, eh, like, you know, you maybe fit there, but if they come back with salad, they're going to be like, fuck you, right? Like you didn't do what I said, right? Um, uh, but that's like, that. that's an, right? Like. I think yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, obviously on the podcast, I've talked about this before, I don't play a lot of video games, I don't really like video games, I'm not really interested in them, um, but something that I've I've heard uh, through various, you know, through various kinds of platforms is this idea of different kind of categorizations of, of like, video games, like, I guess there are games of certain certain genres that are defined by different different qualities right um like camera and like i, I don't know i i'm not an expert i'm not an expert in this kind of thing and i feel like it, it's approaching something similar right which is to say that maybe it is less about the the um meeting certain individual criteria which is sort of what the following down that rabbit hole of lettuce wrap sandwiches kind of goes through right it is assigning certain criteria and then matching things to sort of meet it and instead kind of creating a holistic 
kind of uh, uh, like viewpoint on the thing. For instance, you might be able to say that there are certain hamburgers that are not sandwiches because they change the fundamental function of the hamburger such that it is no longer a sandwich, right? Which would preserve your ability to say, okay, a big, excuse me, a Big Mac is a sandwich. A lettuce wrapped Carl's Jr. whatever is not. Um, and I think maybe that there's something there's something in there to how how we approach that sort of definition. Right. No, and so that, that's basically the, the supposition that hamburgers are not strictly a subset of sandwiches, right? Like that, that's like the, the set theory way to express it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do think there's a lot of people who would tell you that a lettuce-wrapped hamburger no longer counts as a hamburger. I think, for, for instance, George Motes, the burger scholar on, uh, on YouTube, um, uh, would say that it doesn't count. Um, not that it's like an invalid thing to eat, just like he wouldn't count it as a hamburger. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of like he wouldn't count like a Sloppy Joe as a hamburger, even though it is like, you know, by, you know, by ingredients, a Sloppy Joe is like ground beef. It's just like arranged in a different format, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Um, same thing with like a taco, right? Like a taco, a taco is, is pretty analogous to a burger, right? If you really think about it. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, the other interesting avenue I've seen people take when, when we have this conversation is about open-faced sandwiches, right? For instance, if I have an open-faced sandwich, right, um, I, I am kind of getting rid of the top and bottom qualifier, right? You don't really need a, a, to, a top or a bottom. And it, it, enough, we, when uh, I lived in – Go on. Sorry. When I, when I lived in Japan, they used to call these Hamburgs. Um, which was a very weird thing, but I guess it was just like the the thing in in Japanese was if you had two buns on uh, like on top of a, a ground beef patty, that was a hamburger, right? But if you took that top bun off, it became a hamburg, and it was essentially the same thing, but it's just an open faced version of that, you know, sandwich. Um, but as soon as you get rid of that top and bottom criteria, it opens the floodgates, right? You know, is a pizza a sandwich because it has, you know, a carb on the bottom, <laughs> right? Like those, those are, those are the same sorts of, uh, of questions. See, the thing, the thing, the thing that I would say there is that an open face sandwich is specifically kind of like, I feel like you have to have like two halves, right? Like mm. if you... Like, you're opening a sandwich up and eating it with a fork and a knife, right? So, like, theoretically, it could have a top and a bottom if you chose to reassemble it, right? Like, that, that Hamburg thing you're describing sounds like it's not doing that. Um, yeah, technically speaking, I guess the, the Hamburg was not doing that. You didn't even get, a essentially, the top bun in this uh, in in this analogy. But yeah, uh, I, and I think... Wait, wait, hold, hold on. I got I to address this real quick. In the chat, uh, Aluria says, a pizza is an open-faced sandwich. Don't at me, Italy. And I have to tell you... Um, if you if you go back and listen to some of my previous rants, pizza is an Italian <laughs> is primarily an Italian American invention. There's this thing called the pizza effect, which is actually super fascinating, right? Like, <laughs> pizza really grew as an Italian American food, but like Americans' desire to have like authentic pizza, which didn't really exist, like caused people in Italy to open up rustic pizzerias that weren't there before and like cater to American tourists post war, right? Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> It like America like reintroduced pizza to Italy. It's 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 a whole thing, but you know, uh, but that's just sorry. That 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 that's a tangent. You were you were going to say? I'm I'm sorry. I honestly don't remember what I was going to say because obviously, I mean, listen, I I, I don't think I have to explain how emotional a topic 
pizza <laughs> is for us. For you know, I, I, <laughs> it, it, it certainly brings out the best in us. Um, as evidenced by our, you know, our previous kind of record-shattering episode that went minorly viral. I mean, Gordon Ramsay listened to our episode on pizza from a year ago, which was obviously an experience. But part of that conversation, right, is a similar kind of taxonomical thing. We spent a lot of time talking about the difference between Chicago pizza and New York pizza as a as a sort of uh, temp- like the the. What is tomato casserole, right? Right. Which I think was the, you know, John Stewart made that comparison where he said, essentially Chicago pizza is tomato casserole. It is not pizza. It has a couple of the same ingredients, but functionally speaking, it is completely different. Which I think, which I think is echoed here by the way that we're talking about some of them, you know, some of these kinds of foods. Right. And I kind of wonder a little bit, even the hamburger thing, I kind of hesitate to call a hamburger a sandwich, even though... That one tends to float through yeah, right, in any I of agree. these conversations, right? One of the first hurdles you get over is you say, okay, is a hamburger a sandwich? Most people kind of agree to that, right? But the reason that I hesitate is because there is that feeling of if I told you I want a sandwich and you brought me a hamburger, I that would be weird, right? right. That would feel weird, um, which is, you know, I, I, think, I think it's kind of what underlines this uh, – this whole sort of discussion. Would you feel weird if somebody handed you a chopped cheese? That, you know, that the New York style kind of like, it's like two hamburger patties chopped up on a sub roll, right? Like, cause that's basically a double hamburger. Like, like, yeah. And the one that, chips. the one that really fucks me up is a meatball sub, right? Right. I could go to any sub shop in the world and get a meatball sub, but really that's functionally a hamburger, right? Like, I mean, it, it is da- down to the fact that it is ground beef, right? It is just a ground beef arranged in a sphere instead right. of arranged in a, a flat yeah, cylinder, this is all, right? This is also the Sloppy Joe thing, right? Like, Sloppy Joe is also that, yeah. right? But Sloppy Joe is also my Yeah, I mean, and the funny thing is, is that when you said he doesn't re- – that, to me, seems too narrow a definition of a hamburger. I want to call a Sloppy Joe a hamburger. See, I don't think I'd ever call a Sloppy Joe. I think, I think, I think like, hamburger is a narrow enough category – that like you have to have like a like a ground beef patty. Like if you took a ground beef patty and put sloppy Joe on top of it, right? I would call that a, a sloppy Joe hamburger, right? Like, but I wouldn't call it without the. I, I feel like it needs the patty to be a hamburger. Um, yeah, and and the question becomes also like what kind of what kind of patty counts? Because for instance, we would call a bison burger a bison burger, right? Right. I have had a kangaroo burger. I mean, you know, obviously we're both foodies. We have been hosting this podcast for forever. I'm sure that we have eaten a gazillion exotic animals kangaroo i've had the impossible whopper um yeah right yeah exactly right like all that stuff qualifies as hamburger but we would not call a a traditional like chicken patty sandwich a hamburger you would not call a chick-fil-a number one you wouldn't call that a hamburger right you call it a chicken sandwich i was gonna say like even like i know i'm I'm not sure if mcdonald's does this with their like chicken sandwiches but like if you took like the chicken goop and pressed it into a patty and fried it. I'd call that a chicken sandwich. I wouldn't call that a, a that, chicken that burger. That is exactly what I mean, right? Like yeah. that is how that is how those chicken sandwiches are made. Those, especially the you know the crispy chicken, right? A grilled chicken breast, you can make a sandwich out of that, which is a different. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just mean the idea of a sloppy joe hamburger is the most shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <I> just did. <laughs> I, you know, I just love the 
chat on these episodes because it just like goes it goes absolutely to bananas. Yeah, I it was because you started laughing that I was like, what could he possibly be laughing at? And then I look at the chat and I see that the idea of a sloppy Joe hamburger is the most unhinged shit I've ever heard. And the truth is, I have eaten it right. Like I have absolutely eaten shit that is just like that. Right. right, which is you know a meat on meat, right? A bacon burger, right? It, which is yeah. maybe the default burger that I would order at any at any you know mom and pop burger shop anywhere in Southern California. That is that is a pretty similar construction to a sloppy Joe hamburger. <laughs> a chili burger. I you know like across the street there is a giant sign for Jim's Burgers. Shout out to Jim's Burgers. They sponsored some of our early episodes, but then declined to return. Uh, they have a huge, they have a huge chili burger, right? Which is essentially a sloppy Joe hamburger, yeah, no, right? You're right, you're right. It's with, with different like seasoning for the chili, essentially. You're right. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, back a little bit to maybe some of this, this core stuff. Do you, so... Do, do you have deep opinions on lobster roll? This is like a big New England thing, and I know that you... Yeah, you know. so it, it's interesting. I've had lobster roll, and lobster roll strikes me as a sandwich immediately, right? So Somebody were to... By, by both, both definitions, by a technical definition and the... We'll, we can call this the Arahe conjecture because she pitched it in the chat, right? If I told you you want a, you want a sandwich and, and you brought back a lobster roll, fair enough, right? That's perfectly reasonable to me. Um... So I, 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 want, I want to dig a little deeper. I don't want to necessarily have, rehash this whole argument about it because I think I mostly agree with you. I think I might like you know look a little bit weird at you, but also, like I think there's also the mitigating factor. If you went, if I told you to get me a sandwich, you got me a lobster roll, and it's a real lobster roll. You've paid a lot of money to get me a lobster roll, right? So I like I'm also not gonna look a gift towards the us or whatever. But um, there's two primary styles of lobster roll. There's cold with mayonnaise and hot with butter. Do you have a strong opinion on which one is better? Oh, uh, the one that I prefer is cold with mayonnaise. Really? I don't think I've ever had hot with butter and I've liked it. Mostly kind of because, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it hits me in a weird place between actually eating a straight up lobster, right? Where that is obviously hot with butter. You boil a lobster, mm. you, you, you know, pry it apart and, uh, and you eat that with, uh, with a lot of butter. And you also have like crab cakes, right? Uh, I like crab cakes quite a lot, and I think that those make for good sandwiches. Um, and and when I've had lobster roll that is hot with butter, it always just feels like a worse, less interesting. I almost sort of want to eat that like potato salad more than I want to eat it like more than I want to eat it like lobster roll, if that makes sense. Whereas the and ironically, a cold with mayonnaise is I was closer say. to potato salad. But that to me is more is more natural. But that might be part of where I grew up, though. In Central New Jersey, we've talked about this in our episode on sloppy joes. Um, in Central New Jersey, a sloppy joe is a coleslaw sandwich, essentially, right? Right. What it is is you know it is two buns, it is a bunch of coleslaw on there, right? Um, and that, and that's it. That's the end of the, that's the end of this, of the sandwich essentially. Um, and, and it just reminds me a lot of that. And so I think that might be why I feel like a cold mayonnaise version of the lobster roll is the one that I default to. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the opposite version. I much prefer the hot with butter version. Um, but I think part of it too is like getting decent, like getting decent lobster and getting like the best lobster roll I ever had was warm with butter and it had really good butter. 
Um, like that was definitely a part of it, right? I've been into it and like, you know, like I know that like the brand of butter is, is Kate's of Maine, which is like a, a very local to like this area of the country brand of butter. Sure. And like I could like, you know, it was just so good and it really elevated it. But um I don't know, I, I that's just down to a personal preference thing. I was just curious like like there are people who will like go to war over this, right? Like you know, like we go to war over pizza, but you know, neither of yeah. us are, are quite New England natives, so I don't think either of us have Yeah, super... I think that's gotta be it's gotta be it. It is just it is a little outside of my sort of zone of influence. I, I have had the I wanna even say that the time I had like warm uh warm lobster rolls, it was just in, in like a because it feels like the default version is cold, right? Like it is less common to have warm, so in general. So my, my sources tell me that um, mayonnaise is main style and butter is Connecticut style. Um, I will say, from living up here, I have seen the butter style more frequently. Um, Interesting. Um, and also, like warm with butter doesn't always mean it's actually warm. It means like the butter's warm, right? Like it's, it's drawn butter, right? Like it's it's liquid butter. You know, it's not like they're you know spreading yeah. butter on the bun. And I kind of wonder a little bit if that just uh, part of me also wants to say that I have a, a natural kind of aversion to to butter as a condiment on a sandwich. You know, so for instance, um, in our episode on on bagels, one of the things I talked about is for years, you know, like my my breakfast order was two garlic toasted with butter, right? And part of that is that the core flavor is butter in that in that instance, right? You have a little bit of uh, of the garlic there, and then you have, uh, but mostly it is the butter, and you don't need a lot of butter, which is which is also one of my things. You, a little bit of butter goes a long way. It has a very core, you know, savory flavor, and you don't need to lather it on there to get that. You just need a little bit. You just need a a a quick kind of uh, a spritz, you know, like a spritz of butter to get that core, to kind of get that core butter flavor. But I can't think of too many sandwiches where I want butter involved in that process. I almost always want mayo, right, as a, as like the condiment that is savory and oily in that. So maybe it has less to do with, you know, the warmth or any of the other sorts of things. And just kind of because like my default in this, in these sorts of situations is to go towards, uh, to go towards mayo as, as kind of like the sandwich condiment. When I order a Taylor ham, egg and cheese, I'm not really looking for butter in that, but I would be okay if there were, if there were mayo on the top and bottom of that bun. Interesting. I, I, I think I generally agree with you like about the, the general case here. Weirdly, I'm pretty sure the British put butter on like their ham sandwiches and like in like instead of mayo. But like I like that's like that's like a British thing. And that know. is very that is. Mm, wow. OK, that's weird. Yeah. But OK, that I, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you know, and it's fine because there's other stuff where I do want butter kind of like involved. But I feel like almost that's like oh, that's almost always a cooking thing. For instance, um. In our episode on quesadillas, the thing that I talk about is you is essentially cooking that quesadilla in a pan of butter adds a lot to it because of because butter has flavor, whereas you know whatever generic oil doesn't, right? And I think that that flavor flavor adds to the you know to the the whole thing of that very simple you know cheese salsa quesadilla that that I that I outlined in that episode um and a similar thing is maybe true in you know like a like a like a breakfast sandwich sometimes I do tend I think eggs cooked in butter are better tasting um than eggs cooked in oil uh, oil right though actually everybody I don't know if everybody knows this my real my real preference is to cook the bacon and then cook the eggs in, in the, the bacon, bacon fat grease, right yeah, yeah. 
Um, but that's, you know, that's a, that's a, a, like a specific kind of like side tangent. There's just very few sandwiches that I want to have butter, I feel like. And there are a lot of sandwiches where I go, oh yeah, mayo, like let, let's put that in there. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I generally agree with you. I actually think that mayonnaise is the key hidden kind of fourth ingredient that makes a great BLT. Is the may it's like a little bit of mayonnaise on on, on the sandwich? I think it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I I this is maybe this is maybe another piece of thing. I don't like tomatoes. I have never liked raw tomatoes. Um, there's just something about that kind of uh, that kick of a raw, of raw tomato in a sandwich always bothers me. But I almost always replace it with onion, which also has its own sort of kind of kick there, right? Um, and I would say if we're talking subsections of sandwiches. The bacon, lettuce, onion that I make also lives and dies based on the mayo uh, inside of that sandwich. So I think I, I think I agree with this uh, this principle. So I so I, I just want to comment there that I think I think something that is there is that like tomatoes are often bad, right? Like I think I would agree. I think I'd rather have a be like a bacon, lettuce, and onion over like a bacon, lettuce, and grocery store tomato. But if I can get a good tomato, I love a good tomato. I love like a good tomato, a little bit of salt. Like mm. I like I love a, capre, a caprese salad made with like a good tomato. But you know, it's uh Yeah, I also like caprese. Uh So this is That's it, interesting. Part of the part of the caprese the thing that really makes a caprese work for me is the um is the vinegar in there. And I don't eat I don't have a lot of vinegar on my sandwiches, I feel like, which is maybe part see, of the thing. This is interesting cuz I like in my mind, a pure caprese doesn't have vinegar. It's just olive oil, basil, uh, fresh mozzarella, and uh, and tomato. Um, and like I've had it with with like balsamic on it, but I, like I, I don't consider that a, a, core, a core part of it. But yeah, I think, I, I think it's just a, a matter of upbringing, right? Whenever okay. I had caprese as a kid, you know, um, it always had balsamic vinegar, and that was the thing that really like made it good. Um, though also I, I do very much remember as a kid, me and my sisters fighting over the, the fresh mozzarella, because that is the thing that everybody oh, yeah, that's, really that's you... loves it. And yeah, it was, yeah, the magic of a caprese is probably the mozzarella, right? Yeah. The, the fresh mozzarella. Um, although again, I think that can be elevated by a very good tomato, right? Like you get a good tomato yeah. in there. I think, I think it, it makes it much better. And I think that also like. Yeah, I'm also very happy for tomatoes that are that are modified. So, for instance, um, you know, pico. I love pico's fine. I'm happy to have pico. Um, pico de gallo. Um, uh, what uh, uh, what else are they thinking? Uh, pesto made with tomatoes. Also perfect. I'm happy. More than happy. What? Sun-dried tomatoes. Great. What? More than happy to, to what, what have anything. What pesto do you have that's made with tomatoes? It's like I, I sometimes say. Yeah. I don't never I, had like a, I've never had it, something that's called a pesto that's tomato. Like, I've had tomato sauce, right? Like, I've had tomato sauce with, like, greens in it. I don't think I've ever had, like, something that, like, you know, what, what is what is pesto? It's, like, um, what is it, basil and pine nuts and oil, right, and garlic, right? Like, that's, like, the traditional. I just don't think I've ever had one with, with tomato in it. Um, you know, I maybe am – I have definitely had pesto. The, I agree with you that, like, the base version of pesto, but I feel like I've had pesto with tomato in it. Uh, like, like, is it like, is it emulsified into like, is it like, is it emulsified or is it like chunks of tomato in a, in a relatively coarse? No, 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 it's not emulsified. It's like, yeah, it's like chunks of, it's kind okay. of like, I guess it's kind of like combining pico and pesto, if that and makes is, sense. And is the pesto rougher then? Because this, this almost sounds uh, like, like spinach dip in a, in a way, like not, not that's what you're describing, but like it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but yeah. 
I mean, I, I also think I think Pesto also goes with um uh yeah, you know, it's just yeah, okay. So I'm looking I'm looking at a recipe right now. It is just it is just pesto, but then you put some chopped tomatoes in there, basically. Okay. Right? Okay, that makes sense. You know, so I it's that's not really I would pro I think I probably agree that that is just pesto and then chopped tomatoes is a different ingredient piece of the yeah the yeah. different piece of the puzzle but I tend to I tend to like that really really what I'm objecting to is I almost always don't want to have you know two tomato slices in a burger or two tomato slices or however many tomato slices on a on a on a sub I always want to replace that tomato with onions but part of that is maybe I just fucking love onions who knows <laughs> no yeah that's that's fair that's fair <sighs> all right getting back to to sandwich do you have a particular favorite sandwich you know I, I I've talked in the past about my the way that I approach a lot of places right is I almost always want to walk into um, uh, I like want to walk into a shop and I want to get something that is very basic and default because I feel like if anybody's gonna knock me off the like knock me off my feet right it is going to happen in that core. You know what is what is the 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 straightforward version of the thing? If I walk into a a, a hamburger place, the basic hamburger is kind of gonna be the thing that they're making the most, the thing that they are theoretically kind of like the best at, right? Um, and a lot of the times those end up being my favorites because I tend to prefer the simple, like I want I want simple flavors that are accentuated rather than the kind of kitchen sink version where you're trying to put as many flavors into a thing uh kind of as possible but i think my favorite sandwich probably has to be the southwest chicken just because it's so legendary it's you know like it it, it defined years of my of my food eating life where it gnawed at the back of my brain and that is a very uh, that is a very advanced non-basic sandwich which is kind of interesting um that said i i think the sandwich i probably eat most often is like you know either a ham and cheese uh or you know like i don't know maybe maybe it, you like it could be broken down by type right um because i want to say a ham and cheese an italian sub you know a taylor ham egg and cheese and you know like a bacon burger all of those are different forms of sandwiches and they're kind of the defaults those are my favorite versions of each of those subforms does that make sense it, it does it does um and i'm i'm going to say that like for what you were saying about like you know the basic thing i agree, I agree with that like in some situations but i feel like for sandwich shops because sandwiches are kind of like i don't know i feel like i feel like they're a medium that lends itself to a little bit more creativity i like to go for the thing that the place wants to show off, right? Like, like one of my favorite sandwiches, like one of my favorite singular sandwiches, right? Like not, you know, like not a type of sandwich, but like the, and part of this is nostalgia. There's a place down the Jersey Shore called Kelly's um, that serves an excellent Reuben, which, you know, over the years, I will swear they have increased the amount of sauerkraut and decreased the amount of pastrami, right? Like, uh, but, uh, you know, um, like, that's tied up in like a specific memory to me, but that's like a thing that they do, right? Like that is a thing that they are famous for. And so I want to like, if they want to say to me, this is our best foot, I would like to, you know, be like, you know, if you were going to hand this, say to me, this is the thing that we are known for. This is the thing that we are very good at. I will say like, okay, I will meet you on your terms. Right. Yeah. That's, um, that is definitely a, a, like a fair caveat. Most of the time I feel like that sort of thing, um, that, that sort of thing happens at kind of, like, mid- to high-tier places, right? Um, where they will kind of have this, like, headlining item. And they'll, and they'll maybe call it something cute, like, oh, this is the, 
this the big mics or whatever, right? Um, but I just feel like for a lot of you know, for any if I if I'm walking into a default mom and pop shop that I've never been to before and they don't have anything kind of along those lines, I'm almost always going to be getting the the kind of uh, the basic, you know, whatever what I would think of as like the basic experience, right? If I'm going to a sub shop I've never been to before and I see a bunch of stuff on their menu, the one that I'm going to gravitate to is that Italian sub because I feel like that is the. <sighs> I don't know. It's just like the essence of it, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. So that's. This yeah. Is, this I'm, I'm more than happy to carve out an exception for places that are famous for their blank. So this this is interesting because um, uh, recently I rediscovered uh, one of my great loves, which is a Chaps Pit Beef sandwich. Um, pit Beef being a very Baltimore thing, where we went to college. Mm -hmm. um, and this is in, this is interesting because I I find that like a lot of people that went to school with us didn't get outside the city much. Chaps is pretty famous, but it's like maybe half hour, 20 minutes, half hour outside of, of, of Baltimore. Um, uh, and uh, it's interesting because like, I think a lot of people at school didn't have a lot of mobility. And the reason I visited mm -hmm. these places is my parents would occasionally come down to visit and stay outside the city and then drive me out to these places, uh, right? Which I feel like a lot of people whose parents came to visit stayed very close to campus. And so that was like never like a yep, thing. That's 100%, right? Yeah. I didn't ha I did not have a car until the <laughs> the summer after my senior year where I was on campus working. Um, and, uh, and when my parents came to the city, well, my parents, came, uh, they never drove really. They almost always took the train. Right. So we just didn't have cars all that often. We were using public transport for everything. So... Um, yeah, I, I have not been to I have not been to Chaps. So I have had pit beef. Uh, though interesting, I, I don't think of a I don't think I've ever had a pit beef sandwich. I've only had it at like barbecue places, right? Interesting. Where um yeah, you know, it is just like a a piece of the the, the kind of barbecue meal that is unrelated to sandwiches. Yeah. So this is actually super interesting to me because I have so the pits or Chaps is famous enough that it's got a couple locations now, right? The original is this kind of like dingy little shack that's basically in the parking lot of a strip club. Um, and But you can tell that all, most of the cars are there for the pit beef because, like, the pit beef's great, right? Like, it's – and they've, sure. got, they've got this pit, and, it's, and it's, it is so good. Like, believe me, like, it is, like, one of the best sandwiches I've had in a long time, right? Like, definitely this year so far. Um, uh, but it's funny because, like um, – so my mom's a big fan. My mom did not go – so a couple weeks ago I was down for, for a reunion, and um, – um, I, and my mom's a big fan, but she she didn't come with me for my reunion, obviously. Uh, so mm. on the way back, I stopped at there's one in Aberdeen, um, and it's funny because it was almost like a Five Guys inside, like very clean, very sterile, very much not shack in the parking lot of a of a strip club, right? Which also had like the Guy Fieri, right? You know, like Guy dined here type thing on it, right? Which is you know this is how my mom found it, right? It was on Drivers, Drivers and Dives, um, mm -hmm. uh, but you know it still had the same quality, which is which is good, which is you know good for everyone i guess but it's just it's just hilarious to me that like you know the the, the place like like went from like shocking in, in, in a parking lot to like very very clean stainless steel like uh counter service type place yeah um, i mean that that's the kind of thing that has famously ruined places yeah. right um there's a there's a whole article series that i want to say was in like san francisco magazine or maybe it was the san francisco chronicle newspaper where a guy their their food critic reviewed a bunch of different places and they found quote unquote the best burger in the bay area right 
it was this very out of the way small spot not in the city not not super famous then there were a couple of follow-up articles about how the first article's fame drastically changed the makeup of that place because people are now going to this place not as you know their local burger shop but as the place that the san francisco chronicle has said this is the best you know um the best spot in the area right and it eventually closed because uh the the fame the fame created huge lines and huge weights and huge draws on the supply chain of this place, um, such that a bunch of people were left unsatisfied and very angry because, you know, it was a place that has, like, four tables, right, and is built to, to you know, hit the lunch rush from a local, you know, whatever, accounting firm sort of thing. But now all of a sudden it's drawing in all of this stuff. And then... Uh, and then people left with these with these really dissatisfied, you know, opinion of it. And that also spread like wildfire such that they kind of lost all their business. And I feel like that is a really interesting kind of phenomenon that kind of goes hand in hand with places like, uh, in your instance, like Chaps Pit Beef, right? Like where a, a place kind of blows up out of nowhere and how the process of that happening actually materially changes what like what the thing served kind of in the first place yeah yeah no it, it's interesting because like obviously chaps survived that Do you are you familiar with jimmy buffs uh jimmy Buffs. i want to say yeah it, but maybe i'm just thinking of jimmy buffett jimmy buffs is an italian hot dog place in oh in, yes in west orange right yes i am a i am i think i've eaten here actually um so, so yeah but yes i am definitely familiar with jimmy buffs so, so the thing is is like when we were in like high school or college right Jimmy Buffs expanded to like four or five locations, including it. It had a location inside the Rock in Newark, right? Like it was like one of the vendors at the Devils games, uh, including. Okay. And there was like a there was a branch in in Randolph. There was um, another one. I want to say there was there there's anyway expanded to a couple, and then it eventually collapsed back down. And there's two of them again. There's the original location. I think there's one in Union City. Um, Maybe maybe somewhere else or you know there's like I'm seeing Scotch Plains and West Orange. The one that Scotch I remember Plains was from West Orange. West right? Orange is the, it's it's the, it's the greasy little one, right? Like that that's the original. That's, that's got to be the original, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. That yeah. is absolutely the original. There was yeah there was oh man there was one that I used to go to that was um, down forty six or no down ten um, all the way. You know what? I'm not I'm not gonna. Do the, the you know the geography of New Jersey? Holy <laughs> shit! Route ten bringing <laughs> yeah. me back with that shit. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, like that, but that similar thing, right? Like, you know, very, fi very fit, like it is the Italian hot dog place, right? One of my mm -hmm. favorite places, um, blew up and then contracted, but you know, it survived it, right? Just, you know, yeah. drank back down. And then there were places that blew up and, you know, like the Primani brothers, right? The Primani brothers are all over the place. This is a, this is a traditionally, um, Pittsburgh location, but Primani brothers now has locations. Yeah. I'm looking Fort Lauderdale, right? There's one in Indianapolis, right? Um, holy shit. Are there two? No, 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 no. Okay. Thank God. I was about to say, if there are Primani brothers in California, I'm going to flip the fuck out. Primani brothers is a famous spot and it, it fits into our conversation. Primani brothers, uh, is a, uh, a Pittsburgh sandwich shop thing that they did was they take the coleslaw they take the the fries that you would normally get with a sandwich of that variety they put it on the sandwich right so your sandwich has french fries on it right uh it has coleslaw on it and look and that that's the part that i always liked was the coleslaw because it reminds me of the sloppy joes that i used to eat when i was like biking around you know whatever springfield new jersey kind of thing um and and that is a very robust you know like this that's a robust 
sort of franchise that has blown up and expanded and is now kind of all over the place, right? Um, because of that that hook was pretty easy to uh, uh, it was it was you know pretty easy to expand out from. Yeah, yeah, no, that make that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, hmm. Do you do you have do you have like a a favorite? fast food sandwich place i guess would be the best way to put it i don't want to say keep, keep it to strictly sandwiches like don't don't include hamburgers because that's like kind of yeah 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 the, the the fast food what, what, what do we think do you know you know jersey mike's right i'm familiar yeah i, I would say you could go yeah, up to I'm fast to fast casual without breaking the rules yeah 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 yeah. god fast casual makes it makes it a lot tougher so Really, I want to see how big Ike Sandwiches is. Is it bigger than I thought, or is it just uh, California? Okay, interesting. All right, so this is sort of all over the, uh, the Southwest. California, Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, and Texas, right? Very typical Southwest states, but it's only six, right? It's only six states. It hasn't gone to the East Coast or whatever else. Um, under the circumstances that this that, that qualifies, right, as a as a you know relatively like big fast food chain it would absolutely be ike sandwiches and it's not just because you know the the cool thing about ike's is that it recreated the southwest chicken right but the reason that it was able to do that was because they have this incredibly expansive menu with just like a million different things on it um and part of that is that ike sandwiches uh wants to make those kinds of weird off-the-cuff sandwiches uh in almost the same way that like bob's burgers like the fox tv show the thing that bob loves in that show is making burgers with weird ingredients that actually work really well right ike kind of does the same sort of thing and one of the things that he ended up doing was combining bacon you know southwest uh chipotle mayo uh and chicken tenders and lettuce onion cheese which you can just put on there obviously right put all that on a sandwich and that's the southwest chicken but the only reason that i was able to do that was because they had a sandwich that is like that and i could kind of tinker with it a little bit by modifying a couple of things um and adding in a couple of other things like i think the default version of the sandwich that i get it's not that chipotle mayo it's it's mustard they put mustard on that and i just swap the mustard for the mayo and then i add the onions and that's the but like that is the thing that has gotten me there, right? Um, so I want to say, so I want to, I want to give it to Ike's. If we're talking in a, in a little bit more um, broader terms, though, I do almost, I like almost all of these kind of sandwich sandwich shops, uh, mostly because they all kind of fit a different niche. Um, so, for instance, I like Jersey Mike's because it's huge. You get one of those giant sandwiches. It's basically two meals in one, right? You eat half the sandwich now, save half of it for later. You know, you're spending whatever twelve bucks, fifteen bucks on a sandwich, but it's effect effectively seven fifty for lunch today and lunch tomorrow, right? Like that kind of a thing. I even sort of like Subway to be honest, just because they're fucking everywhere. There's like always a Subway within walking distance, and it's five bucks or whatever. It's like six six fifty if you want to get like a drink and chips kind of thing right um so just in terms of i want to spend as little much as little money as possible I, yeah i'm definitely willing to go to you know i'm definitely willing to go to subway for that um there's a couple of other ones you know that i'll get to but almost always i go to those just as a uh as a you know a thing i haven't had in a while just to variety is the spice of life right like jimmy john's for instance i know a lot of people that go ape shit for jimmy john's 
never really did it to that level for me. I think they make perfectly reasonable sandwiches, but most of the time I go to like a different sort of uh, a different sort of location. What are what are some of the other ones? I'm trying to think. What are, what might other sort of sandwich shops be? That uh... so the things that come to mind. So I I am not a fan of Subway. I think like Subway's just like a little too bad for me. Um, sure. But like I had people like rave to me about how good Potbelly was, and I thought it was just okay. Um, I I like I like Panera. Um, although I don't go there very often, it's just kind of like a thing. Like you know, it's a it's a thing I have every once in a while. Um, yeah, I don't like sandwiches at Panera. Uh, interesting. I but I but I do like Panera just fine. I just go there and get other shit. That's fair. Know, like soup or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, what else is? There? What other kind of sandwich shops are there? Like, I'm I'm interesting. People rave about Potbelly. I like Potbelly, but. <sighs> I know there's there's this whole group of sandwich places. Do you know Witch Witch, for instance? No. Um, Witch Witch is probably my favorite of these. But there's this whole group of sandwich places that the sandwich that I get the same thing at, right? Which is essentially a um, an Italian sub, but it's grilled with you know lettuce, onion, mayo, very basic, straightforward. That's it. And I like all of those sandwiches, and I like all of those sandwich places, but I kind of think that they are not great because that – I making taking an Italian sub and grilling it, essentially, you know, they put it – it's whatever, it's a little thing, it's like the little roaster. I think that makes the sandwich better for those places, but it is because it is worse overall. It's because those, you know, the, the essential process of – kind of lightly frying that stuff masks the fact that I think those ingredients are not so great. When I am eating at a place that I really love, right? Like Delray Deli, you know, the, 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 the paragon of sandwich places for me in Los Angeles, Delray Deli, the deli of Marina Delray, right? Um, that place, I don't want to eat a hot sandwich. I want to eat a cold sandwich because the stuff that they get, you know, like is just so good that I don't want to ruin it by passing it under, you know, heat lamps or whatever that or whatever that makes. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. So that's that's interesting because I, I want to give like this is like maybe a little too too vague, but an an ode to kind of like your local grocery store submarine sandwich, right? Like, and at various points in my life, it's been different places, right? Like Shoprite. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's Market Basket. Um, I have had sub sub sandwiches from Publix. Um, they always seem to be a a cut above. Um, a cut above kind of like your standard sandwich shop, definitely two cuts above like Subway um, uh, without being too expensive. Like it's, it's usually a pretty good deal too, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like the prepared food section of the supermarket and I love it. Funnily enough, so like um, recently I, I visited, I visited New- on my way down to Reunion, I visited New Jersey and um, there's a new like specialty Italian grocery store in Morris Plains called Uncle Giuseppe's. Um, God, Morris Plains. Yeah. I used to fucking hate the kids from Morris Plains because they're in the same school district as us, but they went to a different middle school. And we fucking hated those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we played them in like, in, like, soccer and shit. And I wasn't even on the sports team, but just, like, that rivalry trickled its way down. And the funny thing is is that we all went to the same high school. The Morristown High School does Morris Plains, Morris Township, Convent Station, and um, – Maplewood. Morristown, right? Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I dipped out I dipped out in middle school because I went to Freeling High uh, Middle I School. Uh, and so I never got the, the, the contact, 
you know, <laughs> oh. the contact hypothesis never happened to me. So I just always evaded Morris Plains. Interesting. Huh. The Morris Plains for me was like the train station that was slightly sooner to get off of than Dover. Because like both were like, both Morris Plains and, and the Dover train station were about equidistant from my, from my house. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a matter of like, you know, but the Morris Plains one was slightly, it was like, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, like further up the line because the train had to, yeah, yeah. Way. Cause Dover is the end of the line yeah. on that. That is the Dover line, right? I was te- technically, there's a couple stops past it, but I've never seen a train go past it. Um, it's like, you know, like an extension route or something. Um, mm. but yes, yeah, yeah. Do- Dover is, is the end of, under the line there. Um, but yeah, no, this Uncle Giuseppe's place, it was, it was freaking great. If you're, if you're ever back in New Jersey and you need a place to like grab a, like they had like. They had like a, a really great like fried chicken cutlet, mozzarella, um, I think a little prosciutto and some like arugula on it. It was so good. And I'm like an Italian piece of Italian rib. Mm, very good. Yeah, I mean that, that that's interesting. I kind of didn't think about grocery stores. So to be to be clear, are you talking about? I go up to the deli counter at a grocery store. I say, hey, make me an Italian sandwich, and they make you an Italian sandwich, and you walk out the store with it. Or are you talking about like, you know, near the checkout, there's like a an Italian sub in shrink wrap, right? You just pick that up and walk out. Okay, so so more of the former, but I will caveat that usually those places also have the sandwiches that you can go up and ask for, but wrapped in deli paper, like like the popular options pre-made so you can grab and go with it if you want. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I would agree with you up to deli paper. That's my cutoff. I think the ones that are in shrink wrap are garbage. I almost think I agree with time. you. I agree with you, and yeah, I, yeah. Like, you know, I'll, it, it you know, needs sometimes. to have been made fresh, like within yeah, within yeah. recent history. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so, but I do think I do think I agree with that, and I don't really think about it in those terms. I don't know that I've ever. I wonder, have I gone to grocery stores before, like just for? I I almost always feel like I'm doing that, where it's like, oh, we have to go to the store tonight. Well, that's fine. We'll just pick up dinner there, and right. that is the thing that I pick up, right? Um, or it could also be whatever you know fried chicken out of their thingy or it could be a a million other things right yeah no i i think so that's most of the modality the reason i I think i have a focus on it is there's two reasons one i regularly make a trip between new jersey where i live in new hampshire and literally halfway is this grocery store in in newington connecticut called Stu leonard's um which is like this weird like semi-bougie um uh, like grocery store that has like animatronics and it's like very friendly. Like there's like like there's like a button and like you'll see like a like a like an animatronic chicken flipping around. It's 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 a weird it's a weird place, um, but it's 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 very unique. Um, has very good ice cream. But recently, when I've been stopping to, like, I stop pretty regularly to get the ice cream because the ice cream is like really good. It's like it's like almost like a custard. But their prepared food has has these subs, and I did this very recently. The other thing is that previously. When I was like a kid, when I used to go to football games, we would stop at the ShopRite on the way to the Meadowlands and get subs there and then tailgate in the parking lot. So it's got a lot of warm memories. But they were always very good subs, right? They were a, a good deal. It was a lot of food. And, you know, and like you said, you can walk into the counter, you can get like an Italian and then tell them to put like sweet peppers on it. And, uh, you know, and like, you know, all the all the accoutrements you want. And it was great. So, you know, I, uh, I. I think the grocery store sub, it, like, cause you know, like, I know that the um the pub Publix gets a lot of attention, kind of like the, in in the zeitgeist, right? Like that the the Publix chicken tender sandwiches are very good supposedly, and I, and I from what I've had of Publix, it's been it's been good, but I I, I think that uh, your grocery store submarine sandwich is uh, is typically very good, especially if you're doing like the 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 kind of local thing, right? Like, 
I don't want to like shame like with the stop and shop giant like that that family of stores, but I I just never have had a sandwich there, um, and I don't never thought to get one. Yeah, that's interesting. Publix is is different because Publix is in the south, right? Yeah, Publix is like in the south. Where... <clears throat> Shoprite's New Jersey, um, Market Baskets North, or you know New England. Um, okay. Yeah, like around here, it's Ralph's, right? You have you have Ralph's, you have Vons, but then there's also stuff like Whole Foods, right? And I want, I don't know that I've ever eaten a, a sandwich of that variety from Whole Foods. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, one of the things that I will sometimes get when we go to Whole Foods is what we call goop, which is just like Whole Foods, uh, like famously has like these huge bars of just like stuff, right? Pasta salad, potato, you know, like chip curry chicken you know just like yeah. and you just get, take a bunch of that and you put it in one of those brown boxes and then they, they weigh the whole thing it's not very cost effective but i you know we also don't go there all the time just because it's a little bit out of the you know i don't know i've never liked any of the the ritzy places i almost always want a more straightforward grocery store um but i sort of wonder you know like if i were to go to whole foods and ask them to make me an italian sub how good it would be uh because really, a lot of the time, it is just on the ingredients for me, right? Like, it is just, do they have quality ingredients they are working from? Yes, no, right? Um, and uh, and my bet is that it would probably be yes. Another one is Bristol Farms, which is which is another, like, ritzy famous grocery store out here in, in, Southern, in Southern California, right? Like, you know, I live in Hawthorne, which is sort of in South Central, right? But just west of us is the beach. And there's all of these these towns alongside the beach. There's El Segundo, which is a little bit middle class just because it's where the Chevron oil refinery is and nobody wants to live next to the oil refinery. But then there's Manhattan Beach, which is like very ritzy. Um, and there's like Bristol Farms there. And I would bet that if I was, you know, if I was some millionaire's housewife, I would be going to Bristol Farms. And I think I... I would wager that those sandwiches would be very high quality. See, this is this is interesting because, like, you know, like just thinking about, it, I think like Wegmans would probably do a good sub, but I but I haven't had one from there. But the Whole Foods point, I think it could be hit or miss, just because I think like Wegmans or not Wegmans, Whole Foods has very high quality food, but anything that's going to rely on that kind of like nitrate infused meat, which is like what an Italian sub is, right? It's like, like. I feel like when you tr when you get like the Whole Foods version of that, it might be like a better for you thing, but I don't think it's gonna taste as good. Like God, you are probably correct. I didn't really think in those terms, but I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I mean, I actually think they would probably get. Huh. I feel like if I'm if I'm doing a very uh, classic Italian sandwich, right, like capicol, right, like you know prosciutto, I bet those are good. But I don't think that they're gonna have like a like a basic Italian sandwich that would work. You know what I bet they do? Because I've seen this happen with other things too. Instead of using iceberg, they use something like butterleaf, which doesn't have enough crunch and has too much flavor for like what it wants oh, to yeah, be on the sandwich. Oh yeah, big yeah. I fucking hate romaine <laughs> romaine lettuce on a sandwich. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it works for like a chicken Caesar. But yes, generally, you know, you you want like that iceberg, like no flavor. All crunch. The point is just to be like crunchy in the sandwich. That's it. Yeah, it is just texture, right? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. God, that's actually like really interesting. I'm thinking a lot about this because, like, you know, I there there is a real there is like a real craft to very well made 
hams, right? Um, you know, something that my father really likes to do is buy, because he lives in the Ironbound District in Newark, which is um, traditionally Portuguese, but just Iberian in general. You can go to a deli there and you can buy a really crazy, you know, like smoked, uh, essentially... It's essentially prosciutto, but it's like the Spanish version of that, right? And he just leaves it on the counter. And anytime you just look for a snack, there's like a little a little knife there, and you just carve oh, off a piece it, of it. Is this the big leg that's like, like? Yeah, it's the big leg, and then it's on it's on a, a cutting board, board with, but the cutting yeah. board has a special thing that you like clip the leg into. Nobody, if you're not watching the YouTube video, the hand gesture I'm making will not make sense. But that is the thing, and and. Anytime I like when I was in college, anytime I went home, there was always one of those. Honestly, sometimes it was the same one of those because they last for fucking ever. They last, right? they're, the they're meat all... is so cured at that point, right? That yeah. it, is, uh, it is impervious to anything. Um, and uh, and I bet that if you took that and made a sandwich out of it at a Whole Foods, it would be spectacular. But if you wanted to get some, you know, fucking salami, right? Some just straight up ham and salami on a sandwich, it would be garbage. I was gonna say like I feel like if you, what like if you, I feel like, getting like a like that's gonna beer co ham right something like that. Like mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably a little too expensive for them to have at the deli, right? Like I agree if you made, took that and made it into a sandwich, that would probably be very good. But I feel like that they're not gonna have the at the deli. They're gonna have like the organic salami, right? Which you know I tend to find is not great like you know it's you know because so much of the flavor profile of like your kind of like base cured meat is like prog powder number two right like um that the uh, I, I find that the the kind of like healthier um you know whole foods the five version of them just don't hold up as well um, yeah that's definitely true uh, you know a birico ham is hundreds of dollars and it's not a big deal because it's not meant, you know, you you're don't not eat meant that to make a sandwich. sandwich out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are just meant to, you know, take off little little tiny chunks of it at a time. Um, so, and and it's also like maybe you're spending five hundred bucks, but you're spending five hundred bucks, and the thing lasts you a whole year. Right. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> how that how that works. Especially because I mean, it's almost always it's like fifteen pounds. You know, it's a lot of meat, right? Um, on the thing, so I don't know what that would come out to, but um, if you get fifteen pounds of ten dollar meat, that's one hundred and fifty dollars, right? So that's yeah. not that's really not all that weird in terms of in terms of price, but yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, there's also probably like like I'm pretty sure Iberica ham is like one of those things where like you can get like really high end stuff that's like thousands of dollars. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so, Lou asked in the chat, um, I think this was in reference to your point about, like, the warmed sub. Like, does that mean you're anti-toasted yeah. bread? I think that's an interesting topic, though. How do you feel about toasted bread for your sandwich? I think it's very sandwich-specific. Like, I think a toasted toasted bread is necessary for, um, like, a BLT. Like, I don't think it's good with, like, a soft piece of bread. Um, on the other hand, I feel like um, – I feel like there's sandwiches I wouldn't like. Like, a, I feel like a peanut butter and jelly would be weird to be toasted. Um, Actually, okay, I will say a peanut butter and jelly with toast – is fantastic and i love it i mean it's funny we haven't talked about peanut butter and yeah. jelly because we've agreed in the past that peanut butter and jelly is the archetypal sandwich right it is the most basic straightforward sandwich anyone could ever make right um but it hasn't it hasn't come up at all yeah i feel, uh, I feel like that I also i feel like that might also be like a, a very amero centric thing about peanut butter and jelly yeah. but well, whatever. Anyway, you were going to say about toasted bread. Am I anti-toasted bread? No. What, what I'm really describing in that situation is a kind of uncanny valley, which is to say that 
when when I am getting the best possible sandwich that I want in a lot of situations, especially when I'm talking about these kind of meat-based sandwiches, almost always I want that sandwich cold, right? When I go to Del Rey Deli and I get the, at Del Rey Deli, it is called something. I think it's called the Capo, right? But it is their version of the Italian sub. They're, I want that to be a cold sandwich with lettuce, onion, mayo, pepper jack cheese, and, you know, the deli meats that we would expect with that, which is typically some form of ham, some form of salami kind of together, right? Like that is kind of the perfect ideal of that, that sandwich for me, right? What happens is as we go down the quality chain, the cold, there's a drastic drop in value of having a cold sandwich and I would rather have the hot sandwich. So to put this in perspective, if I'm eating, uh, if I'm eating from like Witch Witch or whatever, getting a cold version of the of their Italian sub versus the kind of grilled version, the toasted version of that Italian sub, the, the toasted version is better. But that's because the quality of the ingredients has declined from the Del Rey Deli all the way at the top end, such that I just kind of want to, I just kind of want to warm it up. I want the cheese to be melty. I want, you know, the, <clears throat> I, I, I want the salami to be a little bit like crispier and all that stuff. And then the toasted, you know, like the bread is toasted as a part of that. whole. I, I was going to say, I think, I think a big part there is that the bread is usually not great in the lower end sub chains and toasting it does yeah. makes it a lot better. It like, I think. I think I saw Sun Alton Brown once. It's like heating it up like expands the starch chains. And one, toasting it, I think, make, like like the actual toasting of the surface of the bread makes it better. And two, like warming it up kind of like de-densifies and makes like what is like really not that great bread a little bit more palatable. Um, so I think I yeah. agree with you there. And, and I also think that there is a hard turn from kind of smush to crunch, I guess, in terms of mouthfeel yeah for lack of a better term right where i'm i the uh, having having a, a crispy crunchy kind of sandwich is is good for those kind of middle of the road sandwiches and then all the way at the bottom end you kind of have subway where i sort of think that everything is so dog shit <laughs> that like you just might as well get it cold because it's not gonna make a fucking difference if you get it hot right like it's just um and so and that's what i mean by what i say uncanny valley right where it's sort of um or it's almost like a bell curve thing where the ends i want it cold but in the middle i sort of um Quality-wise, I want it hot. But I want to be clear, that is specifically for these sorts of subs that I'm talking about. For uh, for BLTs, I would 100% agree. I would never eat a BLT except on, you know, it doesn't have to be super toasted, but just like a little bit of, a, like a little bit of light, um, uh, a little bit of light toasting. Um, or, you know, like a breakfast sandwich, right? I don't really want to eat uh, a breakfast sandwich that hasn't been a little bit, you know, like a little bit toasted. The common thing at, at delis when I grew up was you just put the bun, you, you just take the bun, you just put it on the grill for like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Not a lot. It doesn't toast the whole thing. It doesn't make it all crunch, but it just adds a little bit, right? Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of perfect uh, for those sorts of, uh, for those sorts of things. I think I think I would. The one I, exception maybe to that is croissant. I, I don't want to toast a croissant most of the time because it deflates the. Yeah, yeah. The the whole thing. I, I think there's like some like it's tough to do, but I think you can get like a nice caramelization on the croissant. But like that's like that's like yeah. a, that's tough to do. And it's also probably not like I think. For, yeah, I mean, I almost always never get it on a croissant. It's only when I have to. My preference is always bagel, roll, and then just kind of whatever. Yeah. See, I, like so toaster. 
I make for myself a lot of breakfast sandwiches, and typically I don't bother toasting. Like I get, I use Martin potato rolls. Like they're one of my favorites, and they they keep for forever too. So I can like buy a pack and not worry about them going off. But like I, I feel like the the warmth from like like I'll make like two scrambled eggs with like a piece of cheese and throw on a Martin's potato roll with like maybe a little bit of like horseradish mayo or something, and like that'll be like lunch. Um, and I find that the the heat from the um, from the eggs and like kind of like the ambient like steam it's putting off is enough for me on on the on the sandwich roll. But I see where you're coming you know from. that's actually fair, and that maybe is true of uh, of BLTs actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably have had BLTs with non toasted bread, but I think just the heat of the I, bacon, right? Like if if I'm making it at the house or like Rachel's making it at the house, just taking that, putting it on a piece of bread, um, probably. See, I, masks that effect in my mind. I could also be wrong. I, I'm pretty sure she's left the chat by now. But if she was in the chat, she would probably tell me, no, I toast it every time. But, uh, but yeah. I, th I think you need to toast it because I think the sandwich doesn't stand up well. Unless you're using, like, maybe, like, a whole grain bread. Um, like, I, I just don't... Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is because the crunch to smush... Rachy or like chewy maybe is the other example of this is a big concern right which i which is i think part of why the the breads at places like subway or whatever are so bad they tend to be very sort of chewy mushy whereas the delray deli breads are are much harder kind of rolls right uh that stand up and don't like deflate immediately like like a balloon or something um and, and the flip side of that is with Subway, when you when you heat it up, it doesn't it, like when you get the crunch out of it, it almost like turns into like this brittle like thing that almost dissolves, which is not great. Uh, like, yeah, this, this yeah, is that's, a, that's yeah. True. Sorry, you were you were going to say. Well, and so um, uh, the the thing about the thing about bacon a lot of the time, especially the kinds of bacon that I like. First of all, we have an episode on bacon. Go listen to that if you want full thoughts here. But my thing about bacon is, I think a lot of people overcook the bacon. They make this super crispy bacon that I, I hate that shit. You know what I mean? I want there to be some chew to the bacon and that the, the, the chew on a crunchy bread is going to work a lot better than chewy bread and chewy bacon, right? Even if you have crunch in, you know, a fresh tomato or iceberg lettuce or a raw onion, like I like it, right? Um, the, 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 like you, you really have to have a kind of solid piece of, of toasted bread to, to make that work. I think. Yeah. I agree. Honestly, this is maybe true of every club sandwich. I feel like yeah. most club sandwiches I like eating have to have that toasted. I think I agree with you. Bread. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's because like, yeah, I, I think like, because like anything with like a solid piece of meat in it. You're just going to distort the bread around it. Like sliced, like, you know, cold cuts, right? Which is essentially what, like, a lot of, like, your standard kind of, like, ham and cheese are, right? They'll, like, separate fine. They won't, like, deform the bread. But if you've got, like, a piece of chicken or, like, a piece of bacon on a sandwich and you try and, like, you know, do the sandwich thing, the bread's going to, like, kind of, like, tear around the, the piece of meat. Yep. Unless it's, like, maybe, maybe like I said, you could get away with, like, a seven grain, right? Because it's got enough structure to it to, to work, but... Yeah, I mean, I think about uh, you know something that something that I do. I, I don't like turkey as a as a rule, um, but if I'm ever doing turkey for <clears throat> Thanksgiving, you know, like I'm at a friend's house or someone, and they and there's leftovers involved. The thing I want to do with that turkey is I want to pull it off and put it on a piece of bread with some mayo, you know, just make a make a, like a little turkey sandwich out of that thing. And I have had it happen a million times because I never toast that. But I should, right? Because the turkey is lumpy and incredibly weird. And you get these just 
like malform abominations of a sandwich a sandwich out of that so it just kind of like defies that core structure mm. um that i think is is necessary to kind of like make a sandwich you know work or whatever i agree um have you, have you ever had one of the kind of, like, there's, like, a dozen versions of this, and everybody acts like it's the most unique thing in the world, but, like, basically Thanksgiving on a sandwich-style style sandwiches, you know. Uh, like, with stuffing? What, what is what is the you, Thanksgiving on a sandwich? Usually, so, like, the, the primary ingredients are usually um, turkey and then some cranberry sauce. Like, those are, like, the two pretty constants, but usually there's, there's stuffing. Usually there's, um, you might Gross. get, like, a mashed potatoes. Awful. Um, maybe this. some gravy. Um <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a Thanksgiving guy. One of the things is that traditionally at my house, Thanksgiving was not made with turkey. It was made with leg of lamb, right? So my dad makes this roast leg of lamb in the onion or in the oven. That was what that was what Thanksgiving was like when I was when I was like a kid growing up. So I don't have a lot of love for turkey in general. I've obviously eaten Thanksgiving in situations that aren't at my dad's house where he's making leg of lamb. Um, but I just don't have that same kind of like cultural cachet for, uh, for, for the turkey in general. And then I also don't like cranberry sauce and I also don't like gravy. So that just kind of sounds like a fucking nightmare. I mean, I guess I like stuffing and mashed potatoes. So maybe, maybe a version of that that's stuffing and mashed potatoes is not so bad. Have you, have you ever had like cranberry sauce, like, like real cranberry sauce? It's not like out, like, you know, the jelly mold out of the tin. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, there are people who like the jelly. I think Rachel actually really likes the jelly. Yeah, no. I just don't like either really all that okay. much. Um, uh, which is weird. I like cranberry juice just fine. Uh, I told this story a couple of weeks ago about how um, <laughs> Rachel got 100% super, you know, like pure cranberry juice that you are meant to water down. But I did not realize that what that was. I just saw cranberry juice in the fridge and I pulled myself a giant glass of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's so good. I drank the full glass like a dumb, like a dumbass or whatever. But I don't know. I have just never responded to, to cranberry sauce. I have never responded to um, uh, the, the gelatin kind of version uh, all that well. Uh, this is, which is also maybe a weird thing. We always had flan um, for, for Thanksgiving. That was like the family tradition because, I don't know, flan well, is a, cra- a Spanish. Cranberry sauce is like a side dish at Thanksgiving, right? Like, so, yeah. so it would well, be I, like I, mint jelly, I guess, in your case, right? Like, yeah, I guess that's true. I always think of it as sort of like a dessert it's because not. you would think of it as a fruit as a dessert, but the truth is, I just don't. I don't, I don't. I just don't eat it enough to think about it as anything in an accurate term. So right? honestly, I think in the Thanksgiving, um, you know, kind of, uh, you get my you get my full thoughts of this on a Thanksgiving episode. Um, but like, mm. I think in the kind of the, the whole Thanksgiving uh, oeuvre, like it provides. It's like the one source of acidity on your plate. Um, it's like the, at least the most consistent one, right? Because otherwise, it's like potatoes and stuffing and turkey and you know maybe onions and like everything is usually pretty rich and like there's usually few and far between places where you can get, like, acid. It's either maybe somebody's made a side salad or something, uh, but the cranberries are pretty consistently bad. It's some tartness to... Yeah, that's interesting. Where do, where do I get acid in our... I feel like I feel like a lot of our Thanksgiving has we, these weird off-color dishes just because, like, I don't know, that's, like, the, the, the family that I grew up in. But I don't really know that there's another place for sort of acid in um, in what we make. Something with bright flavors. Like, does the lamb get served with mint jelly? Because that would be like a, a place for it. No, though it is definitely also the 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 point of that lamb is to be um, 
very god i should like have my dad on for uh, for an episode chat let me know if i should convince my dad to come on to an episode of our food podcast to talk about his like leg of land the point is to create this kind of crust to it okay which is almost like uh i don't want to call it a marinade it's not a marinade right but it is just you know you put um stuff <laughs> on the on the outside of it so that it creates this uh it kind of creates this crust and that crust itself has a lot of flavor and then the lamb itself has a lot of flavor because lamb is a very is, is a very like rich flavorful kind of meat which is really the opposite of turkey this is the thing i don't like about turkey um is that it is kind of flavorless in general and you need all this other stuff this is why people like gravy right because you put the gravy on the white meat and it and it makes the white meat not dry and gross right but to me i just want to eat a meat that is not dry and gross which is what which is what the roast you know like leg of lamb uh no i i generally agree with you it's like the, the one year i spent thanksgiving away from my family i made myself a a, a um a sh and it wasn't quite a chateaubriand but it was like a roast in that style um very similar right like building a like a good i i think like if you were making it making a brisket you'd call it the bark on the outside i don't think they use that mm. that, that term for like the roast that we're talking about but like you know similar type yeah of thing. but it is very it is very it is like very similar to that right um it, it's it's i don't know it's it's complicated the 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 recipe that he uses i know is is traditionally moroccan Ooh. um which is you know i don't know my dad worked in restaurants for years which is part of where all this like weird shit comes from um but uh so yeah yeah well we've we've blown past our, our normal hour by a lot but uh last admits what have you been eating this week what have I been eating this week? Um, honestly, uh, you know, t talking about sandwiches, a big discovery of mine um, uh, is my very old, my very classic uh, ham and cheese sandwiches, right? Uh, I used to talk about these way in the beginning of the podcast because I ate them at Square Enix all the time, which was just, you know, um, pieces of, pieces of like deli, you know, deli ham or whatever. Uh, but I'm not a Swiss cheese guy. I'm a pepper jack cheese guy. Um so it's pepper jack cheese with that. And what I used to do was I would I would toast the whole thing, right? I would, um, you know, you put the you put the the uh, you put the cheese. Uh, so it is. So specifically, the two pieces of bread. You put a tiny bit of mayonnaise on both sides. This is another this is another interesting thing that we can maybe talk about. You put a, you put just like a very thin layer of may mayonnaise on both sides. Then one side is the cheese side. One side is the ham side. You put both of those open faced into like a like a toaster oven or the oven or whatever and you just leave them in there and i do this all by eyeball i'm just watching the cheese melt because it needs to be melty but not like dripping into you know anything else right and then you take it out smush the whole thing together cut it in a cut it in a triangle that is the that is like the classic buddy salah you know ham and cheese uh ham and cheese sandwich experience and i have been rediscovering that in recent you know in recent times just as a like a like a cheap kind of straightforward and convenient uh sort of lunch food i guess um and part of it is that the ham that we've been getting has been really high quality um specifically for this is it's not it's not like uh like prosciutto it's not capicol right it is uh just you know straight up whatever you like black forest ham or whatever but the thing that makes the difference for me is that the guy and I swear to God, it is one guy at like the Ralphs that we go to because I have had packets that are not like this. They they have a bunch of packets that is just like a half pound, you know, three quarters of a pound. And it's just like in front of the deli counter. And it's just when they these guys get a minute, they they slice out a bunch of they slice out a bunch of 
like of these packets and you just go pick up a packet rather than tell them to to do the slices like in general but the guy makes these really thick slices that are fantastic and i love them so that has been that has been like the animating thing in my uh in my food life uh recently so fantastic <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm sure if you went to the counter and like give me a half pound of ham slice thick they do that for you, right? Like, yeah, and it is just it it just so happened that one day we were at the grocery store and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pick up this, right? Um, and it's kind of just like taken over my specific like my like lunch life, right? Fair. As they just, what is the thing that I'm gonna make in 30 minutes while I'm doing another thing, uh, for for lunch or whatever? Fair um, enough. So yeah, yeah. Well, for for me, um. I've been, like I said, I, I, I went down to, to Baltimore and stopped at Jersey in between. So besides the uh, the chaps, um, uh, I don't know how often you went, but I checked out one of my old haunts, which is uh, Tambers, um, which... Oh, my uh, God. I used to go to Tambers all the time. So did I. Um, and something I realized about, about Tambers is, one, like, is Tambers really ruined me on on casual Indian food? Because I think to this day, it's probably the best casual Indian place I've ever been to. And it was probably the first casual Indian place I was ever been to. And every time I go someplace else, I'm like, this is not as good as Tampers. Like, and I always felt like, you know, my, my thing was always like, you know, to, to um, Friends of the Cast, Monogamarche, I, I always wanted to like, get like a real version of this. But like, it's, it, you know, they loved it. And there was a reason they loved it is because it was like the best, that like a very high quality casual Indian place. Also had like interesting normal diner food which is always like weird it's like either you're getting indian or you're getting like i very occasionally got like a cloak and dagger which is like um basically like a reuben but with coleslaw instead of instead of sauerkraut which i loved um but yeah no tambers tambers was was great um i also went back to charles village pub cvp which uh which got a face wow uh did it really i fucking hated that place <laughs> uh, it was yeah it was a good place to get drinks at, which, you know, but he does not drink, so it's not a Fair thing. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. Um, and also on Mondays, they had half-price apps, which was like, when I was being a stupid a stupid college student, it'd be like, Monday night, like, six baskets of jalapeno poppers and mozzarella sticks, and like, you know, uh, and like, you know, like a half, you know, half dozen drinks was like a, a great Monday night. <laughs> um, um, I also went to Paper Moon. Did you ever go to Paper Moon? Yeah, I went to Paper Moon. Paper Moon. So Tambers was the very default place. Whenever parents came down, we always went to Tambers because it was kind of too expensive to ever go, like, normally, right? You'd never really want to spend that much to go to Tambers in a normal kind of context. But um, uh, but you could convince your parents to go there. They'd pay for the meal, and you kind of like, yes, I got Tambers. Uh, but Paper Moon is if there, was par if there were parents with a car, you go to Paper Moon because it's pretty close, but, like, you can't easily walk there it's not just like right across the street like uh like tambers was um so uh yeah i've been to paper moon many times i think paper moon is overrated to be honest but it's fine it's i think, I think it's it's fine i think it's good for what it is plus it's got like you know a part of it's the ambiance right like it's like a weird it actually reminds me a lot yeah. of um plate like some like it reminds me of like an old style diner like that's up here except that they, you know they it's you know remixed to be weird Instead of like you know being like yep like I've, I've been in the normal version of that diner a number of times. Um, interestingly, this was like it was a lot closer to campus than I remember, and maybe I was just like lazy in college. Um, but like it's right off the south end of campus. Also, maybe it was because like the reunion activities centered around like the Decker Quad, right? Which is like mm -hmm. right right there. Like that's really right there. But like 
I was like, I remembered it being a little bit far away. And then I, so I took an Uber there um, from my hotel. And it's like, this is like, not like we, we walked to campus afterwards, right? And like did our reunion stuff. So, yeah, I think it's on like 28th Street. And obviously that central, that's 33, right? So five, five yeah. blocks down, maybe two or three blocks east. That's really not that bad. Yeah. But it's just like nobody ever goes that way. Right? Yeah, yeah. I used to go that way because um, there was a comic book shop over in Hamden that I used to go to. And so sometimes I would just, you know, just passing by, walking into, into in, Hamden, you would see it. But in, in the rotunda? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inter- so I was. Did you did I you play in- magic there ever? We used to like me and Monica used to play magic in the rotunda, uh, with that. Yeah, well, F F and M's, right? Yeah, 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 it was the same size. Saturday was that, morning, yeah, we, it was, we did, but yeah. Yeah, so we. Oh, interesting. I did go to a couple F and M's, but the, I we played Commander. This uh, was okay. this was before it was even called Commander. This is how I got into Commander, it was which was then yeah. EDH. Yeah, right? Yeah. We would sometimes go, and during the F and M's, we would play Commander games off to the side with people that were done or you know, between matches, whatever, you know, like whatever that looked like. Um, but you know, obviously my, you know, uh, uh, that was, that was on Friday nights. F and M is Friday night magic. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. We, but we but did I was anymore. living in the God, what was that? What was that called? It was the, it was the one campus housing. I was the RA Draw. all the way at the bottom. Oh, Homewood. Oh, was that called Homewood? Maybe. Because I, 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 I remember you being in Charles Street Commons, but that was like in the middle of campus. Yeah, I was in Charles Street Commons for one year, but then I was all the way down in Homewood, I guess, for, for another I think that's Homewood. The place. I can't remember. Um, and that was, is if I want to go to the Rotunda, I can either go up and over, right? Or I can just go straight across. And if you just go straight across, you pass right by Paper Moon no, because I you're see. going on, on, on that like 30, 28, you know, whatever street sort of. Uh, uh, parallel, kind of going, kind of going like left to right. That makes sense. Yeah, on Tambers, by the way, I do want to mention Tambers is the shit, and it is also the shit because the Indian food is so fucking good. Uh, the thing about Tambers is people never like. You can always tell that there are people who just sort of see it as the diner that it presents on its face. But from my experience, Tambers is effectively just an Indian place, right? I don't think I ever went to Tambers and got anything but. Indian food there because I just thought like they, they, was, the diner so food good. was good too. Like so, I don't know. Perhaps we. I was willing to spend a little bit more than you, but I went to Tampers a lot. Um, uh, with uh, and maybe we also. I also went with friends and we we did like family style stuff. So maybe that also mitigated costs yeah, a little yeah. bit. But like occasionally we'd go there and be like, I feel like something different. I don't feel like having another CTM um, or chicken tikka masala. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. but I so I'd get like a piece of diner food. It was still great, right? Like they they made really good food. Yeah. Yeah, you know, honestly, fair enough. I'm sure. I'm sure it was great. I just uh, it, that was not the yeah, no, that was it. not the world that I that I was like I was uh, no. I was living in. Right? No, no, right? Like I, I feel like it was weird to go to Tambers for like the diner food, but like it was one of those things where like I ended up going enough. It's like maybe I should pay attention to like the other half of this menu occasionally, because um, mm-hmm. it's like it's like it was like it was like diner presentation like. Very classic Americana diner presentation. In a way, I also, yeah, like with the booths and everything, in, you know. In a way, I didn't quite appreciate because I was coming from New Jersey, like the land of a thousand diners, right? Um, uh, which you don't actually find that often in other places, right? Like that, like diner cultures, like and, you know, Baltimore isn't that far from New Jersey, so it's you know you, you got some overflow down there, but like, you know, it was 
it, it was something special that I don't think I appreciated enough while I was there. So No, I get that for real. There are not a lot of diners out here like near me. There is one in walking distance that makes great burgers, and I love it, called Mandy's. And it is maybe the only other diner I can think of besides, like, a famous diner, like, up in... Oh, like up on the sunset on sunset boulevard that's been around since the 50s and has all these like you know actors and stuff on the wall there's a couple of de like delis and stuff obviously there's um <clears throat> there's a pretty big you know jewish population in in los angeles um and so de delers delis like canters at fairfax for instance are essentially diners in our kind of traditional new jersey sense but not in the but they're very, it's very much in, like, the Jewish sense, not in the Greek sense, right? Like, a lot of the diners I think of are owned by Greek guys, and the best thing on the menu is the Yidos, right? Um, or maybe not the best thing on the menu, but, yeah, like, it's just, like, owned by the, Greek the guys, thing. like, serving an Italian audience. So they've got, like, 72 pages of the menu. Some of them are Greek, some of them are Italian, some of them are, like, classic diner food. Yeah, that's, like, the... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And honestly, the my favorite thing about those diners is I felt like I could order anything and it was great, right? Like, I never lived in a world where... Um, you know, no, normally I just kind of settle on what my favorite thing is at a place and I eat that all the time, right? You know, like chicken tea masala, for instance, right? Like I just think, oh, this is the best thing on this menu. 90% of the time when I get chicken tea masala, maybe I'll spice it up every once in a while, right? With diners, it was very rarely like that. If I go to a diner, I'm sometimes getting chicken Caesar salad. I'm sometimes getting a burger. I'm sometimes getting a club sandwich. I'm sometimes getting, you know, pancakes, uh, like a chicken parm. Yeah, exactly. You know, it could, it could be fucking anything, it feels like, because there's just, like, literally everything on the menu. I, so, uh, a long time ago, I took friend of the cast, Mark, to a diner in uh, in my hometown. And he just, like, started flipping. He's like, why are there so many things here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, seriously. Especially if they serve breakfast all day. Yeah. That, like... You know, it, it, there's sometimes that hard cutoff, that 11 a.m. cutoff when you're just no. like, all right, we're done with, with breakfast stuff. But no, yeah. Randolph <laughs> Diner from my hometown, breakfast all day. Um, also like burgers, also Greek food, also Italian food, right? Like that, the whole, the whole gamut. Plus, like, are you familiar, are you familiar with? You're familiar, you must be familiar with um, disco fries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, which my, I'm convinced disco fries is some Canadian businessman was traveling in, like, the New York area. It was like, I need poutine. What's the best you can give me? <laughs> and they put, like, they used mozzarella instead of cheese curds. And it's basically, you know, it's, it's basically, like, poutine with uh, with mozzarella instead of cheese curds. Yeah, I uh, I am also down on disco fries because one of the pieces of disco bribes is gravy. And obviously I right. I have expressed my lack of love for gravy. Um, but, uh, uh, but honestly, you know... You put you put cheese on some fries. It's gonna be tasty, right? You know. So. All right. Well, we're we're over time. Do you, do you want to wrap this up? Are we, are we good to wrap it up? God, do I want to wrap this up? Uh, you know, I do guess. You I guess the sandwich this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this podcast a sandwich? I'm one kind of bread. You're the mm. other kind of bread. The conversation <laughs> is the meat. Juicy content. <laughs> oh my god yeah i have nothing else that you know i have nothing else to say here right like sandwiches oh. sandwiches are sandwiches are good yeah it's funny i i we did not talk enough about peanut butter and jelly but i do i don't know what, what is there to say about peanut butter and jelly it is the it is like the basic core american sandwich i eat it probably more than any other sandwich because it's so straightforward right a little sweet a little savory 
on a sandwich, there's carbs in it, it's like lunch food, who cares? I, you fe- know? I feel like if we really wanted to, we could we could probably do a whole episode on it. Um, it would be like really in the dirt, right? Like, you know, about like what kind of peanut butter, what kind of jelly, crust, yeah. you know, like those schmuckers, like pouches of like bread. <laughs> <laughs> the little thing where it's like, it's like a little squeezy tube that is both peanut butter and jelly in the same oh, thing so, and you just squeeze it out. So what I'm thinking of is they had these like prepackaged, they were peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but they were like almost like pita pockets. It was like white bread with like the crust cut off, but like the the bread was like pinched together on the edges, almost like a peanut butter and jelly white bread ravioli. <laughs> what the fuck? Let me see if I can wow. find this. The, I, I I understand exactly what you're, what you're, oh, holy shit. I think I remember, are these called Uncrustables? That might be it. Oh my God. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, that's exactly oh correct. My that's God, what it is. That's exactly it. It is a fucking... <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly ravioli. I have never in my life had one of these, but they look awful, and I don't want them. <laughs> I mean, they are—they are exactly what they look like, right? They're, they're, for what they are, they're fine, right? Like, if I had to choose between this and like you know, like a hot pocket to give to my child, I'd probably pick the encrustable. Um, you know, fair enough. That's true. Uh, but uh, yeah, can I just ask? I do have one more question that I didn't bring up. Are you so? My dad and I famously differ on this. My dad, whenever he's making a sandwich, he is a Lots of mayo on one side of the sandwich, right? So it's essentially the same amount of mayo, right? But you just take it and you put it on one side of the bread. And however goopy or whatever it is, you just kind of like leave it there. And my thing is I want an even thin coat on both both pieces of bread. How, how do you approach your, your mayonnaise? Hmm. That dep- it, it depends on some factors, mm-hmm. but I think I think generally I don't. I'm not putting enough – in the sandwiches that I typically make, I'm not putting enough mayo on the sandwich to warrant both sides. But I think I would do both sides if I was putting a large amount of mayonnaise on a sandwich. Um, um, and I also – like I dope the bun. I don't put it – which is – my understanding is the correct term is like you know you, you spread it on the bun instead of on the meat, I guess. Like there's some condiments that I will squeeze out onto the meat if it's like in a bottle, but – um, I tend to be- yeah no I am almost always uh, doping the bun as they say yeah. so I, I, yeah. I do make my own mayonnaise though which I think is worth the effort um, you know well, fair enough Jesus I don't do that fuck I mean it's really simple like it's um I mean so it's really simple if you have an immersion blender um, and I you know and you can get a cheap one and it'll work fine but it's like two eggs some Dijon mustard and like whatever flavorings you want I usually use salt um, a little bit of vinegar um, and then you get like two cups of oil and you turn on the immersion blender and you slowly pour the oil in and it forms the emulsion. And it's funny because the more oil you add, the thicker it gets. So you just stop when it's as thick as you want it. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's highly worth doing. So also okay. the, the reason this is a thing that I think is a really good. So I occasionally, I don't fry things super often, but when you mm. strain off the fry oil, if you've like, like if you like I made fried, um, I want to say like yeah, fried shallots once. Uh, no, shot fried, fried um, zucchini um, for a different dish. Um, I strained off the oil and I turned that oil into mayonnaise, and the zucchini flavor was imparted into mayonnaise. It was fantastic. Oh my god, that actually sounds fantastic. That sounds really good. Yeah. So uh, holy shit. Yeah, just you just have to strain the oil to get like all the the, the fry bits out. So yeah, um, but yeah, so that's. Uh, that's, I, I guess, our show. Um, if you'd like to uh, reach us, or if, if you'd like to follow us, you can watch, uh, or these episodes go out live on twitch.tv slash the Brisbane Games. You can follow us on twitch.tv, or on, 
on YouTube, on uh, SoundCloud. Um, I'm a little out of practice, obviously. We've been off for a couple weeks, so pardon me. Um, uh, we've got we've got all the places to follow. See all the links in the description. If you want to watch this again, it'll be on YouTube. Um, the recording will be on SoundCloud soon. Um, that's everything I have. But do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, I have nothing that I'm looking to promote. Yeah, we should be back on regular schedule for next week. Our apologies yeah. for being uh, delayed. Um, but uh, yeah, well, with that, I'm going to say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.